0: My sermon preparation was a little bit different this week. Still read the text and reread the text and prayed over the text, but I did something that used to be taboo in our house, and that was no Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Well, this year was a little hard to do that because Thanksgiving was so much later, so I, I broke that taboo and I listened to some Christmas music. Didn't blast it over the stereo, that will still come, but. Um, just sitting quietly, either in my office or with the headphones, and listening to some of the Christmas music, and I think it was probably some of the best sermon preparation for me um, for this, the next few weeks, and I, I trust you'll understand why that is as we go along here, but uh, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Our focus this morning will be on verses 45 through 55 in Luke 1, um, as we get into this the story of the birth of our Savior, young Mary. She's very excited, very terrified. Uh, received some very uh, unexpected news. The unexpected news that she's expecting. There's not many women that get the birth announcement for their baby before they know they're actually pregnant. Uh, but this happens uh, for Mary and from an angel no less uh, giving, giving this announcement. Um, and She's told that her cousin Elizabeth is also well along in her pregnancy. And so this is can imagine this would be too much she needs to uh, to go see if this is really true and when she she enters the home where Elizabeth is she opens her mouth to greet Elizabeth and there's this movement of the Holy Spirit and they begin to celebrate Um, first the baby little John the Baptist um, and then Elizabeth so someone something very special has just made an appearance so I'm going to read verse 45 and then continue with Mary's response And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation Lord Jesus, You are our sweet song. You are the reason that we rejoice, the reason that we praise. We're grateful that You have given us Your Word, that You, Lord Jesus, the living Word, have come to us. We pray as we hear this song, as we sing these songs, Lord, that the truth of this Gospel, uh, that You have remembered Your people, That you are merciful and faithful. That you would work that into our hearts in a special way in these moments and in this season. We pray now as we look to your word that you would guide us, that you would teach us, encourage us, help us in our understanding. For you must do this by your Holy Spirit. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So if you were to ask someone what they appreciate the most about this season, the Christmas season, what type of responses would you get? Um, maybe it's the lights. Some of you have probably been out hanging lights in the front yard or on the house. Now, I've, I love looking at the lights in houses, but I've never actually hung lights. I think if I tried to do that, I'd probably appreciate it less. Um, it's because I'd probably nail my finger or something like that trying to, to do that. But that may be one thing that we look forward to. Um, food. The food of the season, the meats, the drinks, the nuts, all of those things that um, that are a part of our, our celebrations. I think that's something that we often look forward to. Maybe it's time with, um, you know, just time with the family uh, that you look forward to. Family that you don't get to see very often. Uh, encouraging some, uh, some memories with the family. Maybe it's just getting all of the Christmas cards in the mail. Usually with the, sometimes you get a new picture for the year and it's sort of, you know, invigorate some excitement to make contact with others that you haven't um, seen or heard from in a long time. But how about the music? The music of the Christmas season. Would that make it anywhere near the top of your list? If a lot of you are smiling. I think it would. Uh, it would certainly uh, make the list. It's something that we can appreciate. And it may be things like, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You know, Bing Crosby, we might appreciate something like that. Or um, chestnuts roasting over an open fire. I've never seen that. I don't know how that's done, but it sounds warm and cozy. Um, those, those types of, of songs. But songs, songs that really celebrate the incarnation. Uh, the very coming of the Christ of Christmas. Um, these are powerful. Songs really express our our emotion often provide that that window into into our own hearts you know when we're feeling sad we sing the blues and we're more you know excited we receive some good news well then there's there's a whistle on our lips more enthusiastic so when we sing privately maybe even more so corporately when we're together it really shapes our hearts in a specific way not just with with the music it certainly does that the melody and the harmony and the rhythm but you know, the words as well that go with that music. Okay? What we understand about God, what we understand about ourselves, about the world around us. It's all shaped by what we hear in song. How it is we uh, read the scriptures, interpret the scriptures is often shaped uh, by the songs that we sing. Um, true, when you've got you know, the tunes in the car or playing the background music at home while you're decorating... Um, powerful all year round, not just in this season, no doubt. So my my desire for us in these next several weeks is to listen to the songs of Advent. The songs that are preceding the coming of the Lord, surrounding the birth of Jesus. Um, We're going to listen to, we're going to join into uh, these songs they 're all uh, come from luke 's Gospel. It starts with Mary then zechariah we 're going to listen to the angels at the time of uh, jesus 's birth, and then Simeon when he gets to see the Savior uh, before he dies and what 's fascinating is these these songs are only recorded in luke 's gospel. And remember Luke is a, a physician, so he 's got a pretty good attention to detail you know here here 's what happened, and then you know and this happened and, and and you know marching us along, but then You know, you get to these songs and there's a pause. The story really doesn't move forward at all. It just sort of sits and and listens, rejoices in the gospel. that should have that same effect on us uh, as we read them. So as I think about this season, I think about these songs, there are a few times throughout the year where we're busier or could potentially be more distracted. In this time of year i mean all the preparations the planning the parties the just sort of the end of the year cleanup that happens um, that that comes around every every year about this time Um, so being able to sit slow down and just relish the gospel you know maybe there are some things that don't get done this season because we need to just sit in the gospel Hear that sing to our hearts, that we need to sing. And I, I know that some of us love to stay busy. Uh, we love the, you know, the decorating and the planning and the feasting and, and all that comes with the season. Um, nothing inherently wrong with that. But what might our hearts be missing if we are moving so fast and saying so, so busy that we can't hear the song? And... Uh, that's really what I want us to consider. And if you're new to the church or you haven't participated in the life of the church for a while, it's just a wonderful season to be among the family of God, to be in the church. And I pray that you will hear this gospel just resonating loud and clear here. And that may very well change your life, whether you're looking forward to that or not. For those of you who have been in the church for a while... You know, the message, the sounds, you've heard this before, you've heard it again. Sometimes it can be so familiar that it just shoo, scoots right on by us. Uh, don't let yourself just go through the motions this season. Uh, take some time, maybe the best time that you could spend, to slow down and listen. Slow down and praise. Luke really slows down with these songs. Starts with Mary's Magnificat. Uh, that word, it's a Latin translation, of the first word in her song, magnifies. My soul magnifies the Lord. And she, uh, she shares these words under the inspiration of the Spirit. Really, it's a lot like a psalm of thanksgiving that we find uh, from Mary. Um, so if we're going to slow down, we're going to let the, the incarnation just sink in, what might that look like? And then Mary gives us an example of this. Um, lifting her voice in praise and gives several reasons reasons for us to praise uh, to magnify the lord i want to look at three of them this morning three things that this accomplishes god he comforts the humble he warns the prideful strengthens the faithful comforts the humble warns the prideful and strengthens the faithful sometimes in this season doesn't have to be during the christmas season but you get a you get a phone call and you, you look at the caller ID and it's someone that you just haven't heard from in a really long time. Friend, family member, sort of surprises you. Um, that pleasant uh, distraction, that unexpected, hey, wow, look at that. I'm going to take this. Um, you sort of stop whatever you're doing and, and take the call. And I think of, you know, young Mary, um, poor gal from Nazareth, she gets this unexpected uh, surprise of a lifetime. God has come to her. Now he's pouring out his blessing upon her. It's something that she is, is thankful for. Uh, here, Mary is not, you know, someone super special. She's really a nobody from nowhere. That God shows great favor to, shows his mercy. Uh, she begins to rejoice in her inner being. It doesn't mean she's not without questions. And you know, Mary's body is going to. to certainly grow more uncomfortable uh, in the days ahead. I don't, I don't know how many of you ladies were saying, my soul magnifies the Lord in those first few weeks or months of your pregnancy. Maybe not a lot. But, but you would if you were longing for a child. Um, or if you've had to reconcile the loss of a child before birth. You will rejoice. You will rejoice. You will take joy because it goes deeper than any discomfort you may experience. And so for Mary, that this joy, it's going deep into her soul. What God has done for her. What God will do through her for His people. See this in verses 48 and 49. Mary knows that she's undeserving. She has no status before God. Certainly no status before men. And why should the Lord look upon her? Nobody. Because He chooses to. He is merciful. He chooses to bless Mary um, and through her to accomplish His purpose. She doesn't rage against this. There's there's certainly questions. Not everything is answered. Um, but she was humble, submissive to the Lord's announcement. In verse 38, she says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word and the lord exalts her he fills her literally will fill her womb with a good thing with the best of things for her and for his people and it's not the first time that god has done this not the first song that we have from a, a woman who rejoices in the lord's provision for her think of hannah in first samuel chapter 2 the lord looked upon her and gave her the child in samuel and she rejoices in His salvation. It's really the closest parallel we have in the Old Testament to Mary's song. The Lord takes the lowly and the humble and comforts them with His presence, with His provision. And so Mary will be called blessed by every generation. Not because she has any personal worth or holiness on her part. Not because the child that she carries... This child was the gift of God. The child was the, the Savior of the world that she so desperately needs and that everyone else so desperately needs. And she says as much in her praise in verse 47. The Lord God is her Savior, as he is the Savior of all who repent and believe. So any, any veneration or worship of Mary, or prayer to or through Mary, finds no, no grounding in the biblical witness. She's not in any way free from sin. But the Lord is gracious. He chooses her. He exalts her in her humble estate. And he does this in our lives, the life of the church. And you want to get a little better idea of where God may be working in the life of the church? You know, look in those places that no one else seems to be looking. Look to the, what may be more obscure. No one seems to be paying any mind. I mean, God delights. I think He absolutely delights taking pleasure in raising up the nobodies. Those who acknowledge their true status before Him. This is us. We're, We're nobodies. We have no status before a holy God. We deserve nothing but His judgment and rejection. All right, I think of the society in which we live. When I say that, I mean, yes, those outside the church, but just as true inside the church. Um, We find this sense of, and it really is a very unhealthy sense of entitlement in our time. Uh, We think that because we exist, uh, that we deserve to be looked after or provided for with little or no effort or work on our part. Little Sacrifice. Some of you are a little bit older, you kind of, if you're not doing it outside, maybe inside. You're going, oh well, yeah, you know, back in our day we did a thing called work. It was expected of us, which is, which is an understandable sentiment, but if you kind of flip that coin over, you know, those who are shaking their heads and saying, well, yeah, that makes sense, um, we would also shake our heads and say, if you've worked for it, well, then you've earned it, you've deserved it. You deserve what's coming to you. I think if we're not careful, and we're not on our our knees in prayer and dependence upon the Lord, that will will certainly translate into our spiritual lives. I've worked hard for this. I've worked hard at being a Christian. Perfect no, but I've I've worked hard at it. So it makes good sense that God would smile upon me. Maybe the doors of heaven are open just a little bit Further from me. Um, so if the Spirit is showing you that heart, um, we need to turn from that. We need to repent. Uh, there's no one righteous before God. No one. Your best days as a Christian um, rags before a holy God. We pursue holiness. We pursue righteousness out of love for our Savior. But we deserve nothing Of His favor. That favor is a gift. Just think of His mercy. He will be faithful to His promise. Even when we are not. He will not let us perish. Under what we fully deserve. What we are entitled to. He's come to save. He's come to fill the hungry. With good things. To exalt the humble before Him. So Mary has good reason. To magnify the Lord. She's enlarging her vision of. Of who God is and His greatness. She rejoices in His character. He's powerful. He's holy. He's faithful. Just. Can you and I do any less than this? We've seen this promise fulfilled. We've seen this baby grow. Live. Die. For us. Take His life up again. Our hearts to just explode with praise over this. Explode with Rejoicing with the appearance of our Savior. And we can get comfortable praising God for what He has done for us. And again, if that's all we're doing, just praise Him for what He has done. It's still fairly self-centered worship. We must also praise God for who He is. Praise Him for being God. Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. And that's what takes us from a self-centered to a a true God-centered worship. Praising God for who He is and what He will do. If you've read the book of Esther, spend any time uh, in the book of Esther, uh, you know it's just a fascinating uh, story of God's providence, of His provision uh, for the people. And like all really good stories, it has a good villain uh, in it. And the villain is a man by the name of Haman, and Haman is actually a, a descendant of the Amalekites, and we find that the Amalekites have been the villains against God's people going all the way back. So we're not too surprised when we read that Haman wants to destroy all of the Jews under captivity or under the Persian rule. Really one of the more selfish and prideful men we find in the Old Testament, who's just you know, one thing on his mind, that's how great he is. Um, how much the king must love him. But we know pride comes before the fall. Uh, and Haman has a great fall. And it almost reads like a comic book at the end of Esther. where he, you know, his, He's hanging on the gallows that he actually built for uh, his enemies. But the Lord brings down and scatters those who are against him. Think of Pharaoh. Think of King Nebuchadnezzar, Goliath, not just non-Israelites. Look at the kings that we find among God's people, King Ahab and Asa and Jehoshaphat, King Ahaziah. They would all exalt themselves, rest upon their own might and control, and the Lord brings them low. That, that should humble us before anything else. I think of Joseph and Joshua and Hannah that we've mentioned, Ruth, now Mary, whom the Lord exalts in their humility. It's when His people turn and trust in their own ways that He scatters them into exile. It seems to be a pretty clear application here for us. The church that humbles itself before God, humbling ourselves before one another, we'll see lives transformed by the gospel. The church that that perseveres, goes about the work of the Lord faithfully in spite of the the cultural pressures, will be refined, it will be fruitful. But when there's deep pride, when there is a a willful resistance to self-examination and repentance... What God's word reveals to us, then those people, those places will be humbled. They will be left empty. Are you and I humble and hungry before the Lord? If we have hearts that are that are hungry, that hunger after God, He will satisfy us with His grace, with more of Himself. But He does this for those who know their need, who are hungry him you know just a few days ago most of us if not all of us were sitting at a table probably stuffing ourselves with more than we needed to eat and we get to that point where we go oh no no more can't take another bite of the turkey or the pie or whatever it was we can also do this spiritually say enough i'm full i, I don't need more time in worship I don't need more time in God's Word. I don't want to think about how my spiritual journey is impacted by my life decisions. The Lord may humble us. If our lives have an emptiness to them, maybe we're having a a hard time hearing the song that invigorates just a wonder and awe for God, we may need to consider what we have allowed to, to fill us. What's zapping that love, that commitment to Christ? What demands have the other gods placed on our hearts that leave us empty? Maybe we're afraid of what other people think. Maybe we're afraid of losing control. Are we afraid of trusting? I mean, these are well-established idols in the heart that will come up empty but keep us full and not hungry for Christ. So Mary's song comforts the humble, warns the prideful, and strengthens the faithful. God has come to the aid of Israel. And the language that Mary uses here, it's it's a completed action. God is certain to act in this way, certain to accomplish what He's promised. Again, we don't uh, see the quotation marks here in her song, but her vocabulary is just covered with this Old Testament language. We could start with Psalm 103 or Psalm 107 and move to the prophets Isaiah and Micah who tell us that God's covenant promises to Abraham will be fulfilled. They'll be fulfilled in the ministry of Jesus. He is the true and faithful Israelite. The mediator of God's salvation. Judgment. Judgment. God has come to Israel with the Messiah that they've waited for. The Messiah that they need. So Mary's heart is strengthened. The faith of God's people can be strengthened in the confidence that He's fulfilled His promise. His promise to Abraham and to his seed. That Messiah is for us. Jew and Gentile for all who are far off. Now God's people have been redefined by Christ. The offspring of Abraham, not those of just physical descent. Uh, These are those of every tribe and tongue and nation who are bound to Christ in eternal covenant. So God chooses and He uses the Jewish people in the Old Testament to, again, to, to show, to mediate His presence to the surrounding nations. That all people would know His power and His glory. That role is now expanded and fulfilled in the church. All those who are in Christ. So the Lord's not fulfilling one plan for the church and then a a separate plan for the ethnic Jew that will somehow culminate in a renewed temple worship. No, this is one plan, one purpose, one people who are built up as a holy temple in jesus who is himself the fulfillment of that temple so let's praise god for the role that we get to play in that unfolding plan and what a privilege it is for us to be indwelt and used by the living god mary thought so and she magnified his name for this so the songs of advent don't don't move the story uh, forward really cause us to pause to celebrate what has been revealed by the hand of God. So when the world seems to speed up around us, so much to do, so much to to buy, so much to get to, it's really important that we slow down seeing of what God has done. Remember what happened when Mary first came into the house, Elizabeth. There was praise, there was rejoicing. One brother writes that the presence of Jesus is inseparably linked with the worship of God. We see that happening right here. John in the womb rejoiced, Elizabeth rejoiced, and Mary rejoices. Do we do this? Through faith, the Holy Spirit unites us to Christ in His life, His death, His resurrection, that we might be humbled and exalted at a place of lasting glory we certainly have a magnificat of our own Uh, god has done great things for us in jesus and we rejoice in that let's pray together lord god we do thank you for who you are as our savior and our king the lord of life and for what you have done you have lived and given your life for us taken that life up again We might have life in you now and forever. Lord Jesus, in this we rejoice. In this our souls magnify your name. We're grateful for how you have shown us this through Mary and her response. Lord, help us in this season to slow down, to listen well to the sweet songs of the gospel. Sing them to us anew, Lord, we pray. Now as we go to your table, uh, prepare us in hearts and mind uh, to feast upon our Savior in faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.